want to be famous. Yo, what's going on everybody, it's your boy DeVille D.I. from Thoughts by DeVille D.I. And we are getting ready to get into Season 2 of Growing Up DeVille. Growing Up DeVille, where I'm telling you my life stories, the adventures and times that turned me into the DeVille D.I. that you guys have come to know and love today. So today is officially the start of Season 2. Today's episode the Midnight Bus to Georgia. That's right, the Midnight Bus to Georgia. Today, I'm going to be telling you the story of how we ended up relocating from Ohio. I don't know. We were either staying in Elyria or Lorraine, Ohio, to Valdosta, Georgia. So stick along for this ride as we go down the rabbit hole that is my life. So. As we know, those of us that have stuck around through season one, we're at this point, we're living in Ohio. Now, things weren't going too good for us. You know what I mean? It's hard for a single mother raising two kids working on her own. There were times we had a vehicle. There were times we didn't have a vehicle. There were times my mom would have to walk to the highway to get picked up for a ride to work. You know, because the person that she would ride with wouldn't come to her, wouldn't come to our apartment to pick us up. She had to walk out to the highway and wait on the highway for a ride to come. And that's some bull. And it was, it was really was some bull. And that, it was a family member that did us like that. So, and contrary to popular belief, all people that are doing bad or get caught in these type of situations aren't stupid people or bad people or people that aren't handling their business because see my mom never did drugs she wasn't an alcoholic she uh we were never on any type of government assistance assistance no food stamps we didn't get any type of housing assistance she was just a single mom raising her kids on her own and things get tough so i guess they had my mom and my oldest sister had a conversation my older sister was living down in Valdosta, Georgia with her husband and my nephew. My nephew was probably three or four at the time. And her husband had been deployed to, uh, what is it, Kuwait, Iraq. I don't know. He was off in Desert Storm serving our beautiful country. So if those of y'all that are military, have military family, y'all know how long those deployments were. So I guess they figured out that they figured that. It would be in both of our best interests if we came down there because that would help my sister out as far as being there. She wouldn't have to be there alone. It would give her help with her son, and it would in turn give my mom help with me and my my uh, sister. See what I'm saying? So mom set us down and, you know, explained to us that we probably going to move to Valdosta and you know asked us what we think so we we had our little family moving meeting and we decided yeah we'll move down to Valdosta I don't I think we were leaving regardless but you know how parents like to make you feel like you're involved so she says we can you can either stay and leave with me 
or I can go ahead and send you guys down there while I get, you know, handle every type of all the loose ends here and then I'll come down. Now, me being a mama's boy, I wanted to stay with my mom, but she made an executive decision. She was going to send me and my sister down. So we ended up on that midnight bus to Georgia. We go to the Greyhound station and we're put on the bus. Now, just for a point of reference, just think, Google, go to your Google Maps and Google the distance between Ohio and Georgia on a bus. Bus trips are the worst, not because of comfortability or anything like that. But that bus has to stop at every Greyhound bus station between where you are and where you're going. And that makes the trip a whole lot longer than it has to be. So we get on the bus and I think we had like some sandwiches or something like that. And my sister was making it seem like we were going to be on this bus for days because she was wrapped the way she was rationing out the food and the snacks. And I remember this lady, it was an old lady sitting across from us. And I think she overheard my sister telling us, I asked for something to eat or something. And I, I think she overheard my sister telling, you know, the, um, we had to save the food because we were going to be on the bus a long time. And I remember she gave me a Ziploc bag, sandwich bag with Pringles in it. And man, that really made my day and made me so happy. And I tried to ration myself those Pringles, but I couldn't do it, man. You know how delicious Pringles are. Once you pop, you can't stop, brother. So we're traveling on this bus, the longest trip in the history of the world. At one point, we make a stop. I don't know where we are, but we get off the bus at this particular stop. And I think we were changing buses. So my sister decides, okay, now it's time to use the money that mom gave us to buy something to eat. So we go over to the telephone. She calls my mom, tells us where we tells her where we are, we're okay, yada yada. Then she gets off the phone and she turns to me and she says, I'm gonna go find us something to eat. Stay here. She gives me a magazine, one of those wrap on magazines they used to make. I don't even think they make them anymore. She gives me a magazine, she says, Keep hold on to this magazine. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And she walks off around the corner. Now, if you've never been in the Greyhound bus station, there's a lot of unsavory-looking in individuals that hang around Greyhound bus stations. So, at first I was cool. Then I start looking around, and I see all these rough-looking people, these sketchy-looking people moving around and to and fro in the bus station. And I started to get a little nervous. So, I walk to the corner because the phones was, like, almost on the corner. I walk to the corner, I look around, and I saw my sister, so I was cool. I go back, I stand back at the phone where she was using, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And you know, as a kid, five minutes, ten minutes seems like forever. So I'm sitting here, and I keep seeing these people looking at me, and I'm like, I'm getting weirded out, because I'm probably a ten-year-old kid in a bus station. So I guess that probably looks awkward. That there, It's never bad, a good idea to leave a ten-year-old alone in a bus station. So I guess people were probably looking, trying to figure out, why is this kid in here by itself? So I go back to that corner, and I look around the corner, and no, 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 no. Somebody came up to me and asked me, was I okay? And I said, yeah. And they were like, are you by yourself? I said, no, I'm with my sister. She's right there getting some food. So that freaked me out a little bit more because I'm kind of introverted at times, and I don't like talking to people. So I go back to the corner, I look. 
And this time when I look, I can't see my sister. So now my anxiety kicks in. I didn't know what it was at the time, but it was my anxiety. I do have anxiety. So my anxiety kicks in and now I'm worried. So I'm like, screw this. I'm out. I go around that corner, leave the magazine and everything behind. I go around that corner. I go looking for my sister. And as I get good around the corner, my sister walks up on me. She's like, what are you doing? Like I was looking for you, I was scared. Where's the magazine? Like it's over there. So she was like, I told you not to leave that magazine alone. So we run back around the corner. I wasn't even gone 30, 45 seconds. We run back around the corner, magazine's gone. And she looks at me and she says, Our tickets were in that magazine. Now, who the hell thought it was a good idea to leave a 10-year-old alone in a bus station holding your uh, transfer tickets my sister that's who so now we don't know what to do but my sister being the, the scheming genius that she always has been she's like look i'm gonna go talk to somebody you go get on the bus and no matter what do not get off that bus so i'm like okay i'll go i get on the bus i get me a seat and i got it in my head no matter what do not get off this bus because I have no idea where the hell we're at. So, bus driver gets on. People start coming on. And the bus start, driver starts walking around asking people for our tickets. Because, like I say, this is back in the, what? This is probably like the early beginning of the 90s or the end of the 80s. Like 89, 90s. Somewhere in there. But there was no digital nothing then. You couldn't whip out your phone and scan your tickets. You had to have that physical paper ticket in your hand. So he starts walking around asking people for tickets, gets to me, and I'm like, I don't got it. And he's like, where's your sister? Because this is the same bus driver, so he knew me and my sister were together. He's like, where's your sister? I said, she's coming. So he's talking to me, and he's like, okay, well, just hold on. And he told me, don't get off this bus. So I'm like, brother, I'm thinking to myself, brother, I didn't have no plans on getting off this bus. No way. Who you telling? So I just chill out. A few minutes later, my sister comes on, and she's got somebody that works for Greyhound with her. They talk to the bus driver and, you know, figure things out. And they was like, okay, we're going to let you guys keep going, but you can't get off the bus anymore. Just stay on the bus, and you will be fine. So we're like, cool leave out and we're traveling and we're traveling and we're traveling hours and hours and hours go by so many hours that i'm gonna have to stop and take a second to tell you about my sponsor so hold on we're gonna get right back into this story so as i say we're traveling and traveling and then finally the bus driver makes an announcement listen great home passengers i would like to inform you that you are now entering the beautiful state of georgia so we like, oh snap, we here. Little did we know. My sister tells me, go ask the bus driver, are we close to Valdosta? So I walk my little butt up there to the front of the bus and I say, excuse me, sir, are we close to Valdosta? He's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. So I go back to my seat and I said, nope. He says, we're not close. She's like, we're in Georgia, so we have to be close. I'm like, he said, we're not. Now, for those of you that don't know geography, Valdosta, Georgia, 
is at the bottom of Georgia. Valdosta, Georgia is basically in Florida. We used to call it Florida. That's right, dog. We call that Florida. You know what I'm talking about, folk? Florida. Right there on the border. I could, you could literally drive from Valdosta, I think, like 20 minutes, and you'd be in Jennings, Florida. You know, another hour or so, you're in Tallahassee, another uh, two hours, Jacksonville. So we're right there at Georgia. I mean, at Florida, you know, we were closer to, to put it in, no, people, a lot of people won't be able to put that in perspective. We were closer to Florida than we were to Atlanta for people who live in Georgia, but don't know where, Val, or want to act like they don't know where Valdosta is. So we're in North Georgia. We've just broken the state and we're riding and we're riding and we're riding. And so my sister sends me up there again, asks him, are we close to Valdosta? So I go up there and I ask him again, sir, are we close to Valdosta? It's like, nope. This happened around two more times before the guy was like, look, I'll tell you when, we when we're close to Valdosta. I think we had hit Atlanta when he hit his breaking point and was like, I'll tell you when we're, in when we're close to Valdosta. So Valdosta is like four hours, three and a half, maybe four hours, depending, from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So we're going, we're going, and going. And finally he says, hey, we're about to be in Valdosta. Yes. About damn time. We hit Valdosta, get off the bus, and my beautiful big sisters sitting there waiting for us. Picks us up, takes us to the house, gets us all uh, settled in and everything. And, you know, we're in a strange land. And they lived in this place called Villa Valdos. It was a decent-looking apartment complex at the time. It had a pool, you know, and everything. So our first day there, she gets up in the morning. She goes to work, take drops my nephew. I think she dropped my nephew off at daycare. She might have left him with my sister. But either way, she went to work. And I remember my sister sending me to take the trash out. I took the trash out. When I'm walking back to the um, apartment, I see my sister pull up. Now, let it be known, it had been a few years since I had seen my sister. Like I told you, she left when she was like 18 years old. She left, got married, and had been gone ever since. So I was kind of unfamiliar familiar with her. So she pulls up, and literally first thing she does is put me in the car and takes me out to Moody Air Force Base to get a haircut. Because my sister has never been about nappy-headed little boys. She keeps her hair immaculate at all times. As well does my mother. So she made sure me and my nephew, we stayed with a fresh cut. To this day, we have it instilled in us that you keep a fresh cut and you keep your hair brushed. If it's long, you keep it combed and done. You do not walk around looking unpresentable. My sister, my big sister taught me that. She takes me out to the base to get a haircut. And this made me hella angry because I didn't I just didn't like it. My mom was in charge of my haircuts and it was, you know, I felt like it was disrespectful for you to take me to get a haircut without my mama permission. But she took me out there, she got me a haircut. I think we went around, got some food and stuff like that and went back to the apartment. Couple of days later, I won't say maybe a week at the most, my mom comes. So now we're all reunited, one big happy family. 
down in Valdosta. So it took some adjusting because I'm in this whole another place, this whole another demographic of people. And so, you know, eventually I slowly started to make my way outside and started to meet friends and was getting accustomed to my little nephew being around, following me around, which was awesome because he had all the coolest toys in the world, Ninja Turtles, action figures, G.I. Joes, Legos. So it was like having a little brother at the same time. And we, we became real close. You know, we had our battles as little kids do, but we became real close, man, and you know, I started to get familiar with my surroundings. We stayed in the, well, no, it weren't, we weren't in the pool initially. That comes a little later. So, you know, my, my when we walked out of the back of the house, there was like a square, a courtyard, I guess they would call it. This big square open field of grass surrounded by concrete. Then over to the left, there was a building and then the pool. And I would see kids down there in that open space playing. One kid in particular, little um, little white kid and his little sister. So I got real familiar with them and my mom became friends with his mom. And so this was my life. I think it might've been summer when we went down there. I'm not hundred percent sure. So this was my life now. And I was getting used to it and I was liking it. So then comes the introduction of her husband, my big brother, my big brother slash dad slash mentor, you know, he was only in my in my life dominantly like that for a few years, but he made a major impact on my life. But let me tell you how I was reintroduced to him because I knew him when we lived in North Carolina. He was still my he was, back then. They were just dating. They were both in high school. And he went into the military after high school. I remember us taking him to drop him off the first time, like the when he first went to basic. I remember me, my mom, my sister drove him to wherever the hell we drove him to, to drop him off to start his basic training. So one night, we're all chilling, watching movies. On Fridays, we do things like go, pretty much every Friday, we either went to, dang, what's the name of it? It was a seafood buffet we would go to. Pretty much every Friday we eat or either we go to Taco Bell because my big sister loved some damn Taco Bell at the time. So every Friday we grab something to eat. We go to this place called Video Warehouse. It's not around anymore. I don't even think we go there. This was back when. Listen, kids, this is back when you actually had to leave your house, go to a store, walk through and find movies to watch. Hope that they were there. Find a movie to watch and check it out like a library book. And then you you keep it. You'd be able to get it for like a day or two days. And then you have to actually leave the house and take the movie back. There was no Netflix. There was no Hulu, no streaming, none of that. You literally had to leave the house to go find a movie. So we used to go get movies and we sit around the house and we have little movie nights. And we had this little, she had this little dog name. I think the dog name was Coco. I don't know. I just know it was a little all-black puppy, cutest puppy i ever seen in my life. And that's the last time you ever hear me say that. We're all sitting around watching movies. And all of a sudden, a big-ass foot comes busting through the window. The screen, the window was open. Now, this was a window that went from the floor almost to the ceiling. It was a 
decent sized window and we had the window up so it was just the screen so this big foot busts through the screen and this huge man comes in this window everybody hauled ass the dog i think the dog doo-dooed on the carpet and took off it was crazy it was my brother-in-law he was a prankster this was my reintroduction to him in the household you know what i mean and from that point the fun times ensued but i'm gonna wrap this up right now man i don't want to run it on too long but tune in next week for another episode of growing up the field season two what am i gonna be the subject next week hmm i think i'll go into when i start school in Valdosta, Georgia. Thanks to each and every last one of y'all that tuned in, man. I love y'all and appreciate you. And I'm out of here, man. Peace.